0: This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I am Michael Seip, your host, and today I have Drew Donaldson of Grow House. Drew is an expert marketer, but his niche is in helping provide coaching and training expertise for the marketplace. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. Pleasure to be here. Sure. Glad to have you here. So, what I would love to hear is a little bit about you, how you got into marketing, and a little bit more about your business.
0: So uh, I kind of got into marketing through through the back door. Um, I was uh, in college. I was a film and broadcast uh, major. I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And um, really, I, I moved to New York with the idea of, you know, striking it big there and breaking into TV because, you know, back back then, if you wanted to be in TV or advertising specifically, which is, I, I liked ads. I liked short, short videos and stuff. That's where you want to be. I moved there. I started working in some studios and I quickly found out that the amount that people get paid in the entertainment industry, unless you're a movie star, is just like peanuts. You're just not going to make anything for a very, very long time unless you somehow become like an Academy Award winner or something. And then that's when the paychecks come in. I'm like, I can't like I'm 21. I I can't risk like this whole like NFL moment where it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll make it to the bowl one day. It's like, no, I can't, um, that's not the way I got to go. So uh, I decided I need to figure out how to take what I've learned and transition it into something more useful, more marketable. And marketing was like the perfect fit because at that time, Businesses were still coming online for online video, and it was like a plug-and-play. I could take everything I knew about production and teach a small business owner how to do it. And so that actually led me to run the video marketing department at St. John's University, uh, which I built all of their production capabilities, all their workflows, everything like that. And then after a few years, went back into uh, the kind of consulting world, again taking all of this production knowledge of how to put these things together and then over the years i would just dip my toes in these different kind of marketing lakes and pick up things here's you know here's how you develop good copy here's how you build good landing pages and so over the course of the last 10 years or so i've de- i've developed into quite the uh, well-rounded marketer and because i'm always working with people throughout my career who are kind of newcomers to a lot of these concepts, I've gotten very good at explaining things in a very easy way so that I can, you know, my oldest client was 78 years old and I had no problem working with him for months and months and months because I know how to kind of break down these complex marketing topics into easily digestible kind of lessons. So that's how we got to grow, uh, grow house, grow house was founded on that idea of like, how can I help small business owners um, in a way that's cost effective? And that was a dog I'd been chasing for years. And in 2020, uh, or actually end of 2019, I met two partners who were trying to build a very similar agency. And so we decided instead of competing with each other, let's just work together. They were the funding side. They had already owned several other agencies. So they had a lot of experience they were bringing to the table in terms of operations. And I was bringing the expertise of working with small business owners. We partnered up and we started an agency that uh, was called Crackle Marketing. And Crackle Marketing was like, version two of Grow House. It was like, it was, we were, we were like, we had a, a good offering. We, uh, we went out and interviewed a bunch of small business owners to really craft like a, a program that we thought they could engage with, but it still took a lot of work to like figure out exactly how to market it. Cause there's not really a lot else on the market like us. Everyone just wants to sell you agency services. And that's like the last thing we sell you. So <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of a, a barrier to entry because. You know, if, if I say to you, well, I run a marketing agency, you already have kind of in your mind what that means. If I say I'm a marketing coach and you've never heard of that before, I need to fill in a lot of gaps before you're going to be comfortable buying. So that process took about six months. And for those first six months um, were, were really fantastic. We grew uh, from zero to six figures. Um, everything was just hitting. Then we start went into the phase of like really preening and figuring out like where does the price point need to be? What are the some of the services can we cut? What services do we need to add? Um, and then the 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 real the the next big milestone we have is April of this year, I bought my partners out of the business and returned to the Growhouse brand. So we it was, it was kind of a, a great. Uh, they provided a great launch pad for me, um, but they decided, you know, it was kind of time to focus their efforts on other things. And they gave me an offer. They'll be like, hey, why don't you just, you've already built it. Why don't you just take it and run it? And I was more than happy to take them up on the offer.
1: Well, I love you sharing uh, where you are and how you got to that point in your business. And and that's some really good explanation there. So obviously along the way, there's some learning moments. There's uh, some challenges one might face. And as a business owner, you've clearly had those. You don't get to be successful overnight. So from that perspective, we have these lows energetically where something bad happens or we just something out of the blue comes and we just don't know how to deal with it right away. And so we're kind of set back some. Would you share with uh, our audience a little bit about something that came your way that was a low for you and how you dealt with it?
0: So, uh, I did a lot of thinking about this, uh, and I, th- I, I really think I would say December of last year. So like I was saying, you know, first six months, gangbusters, were, we hit six figures. Everybody's like, rah, rah, this is awesome. But then we kind of hit a wall because the problem we ran into and the reason we needed to spend the next six, six months really preening was because we, we realized that we had hit a capacity limit on my time. I can only realistically talk with 30 clients. If I'm speaking with an hour for each one and the price we were charging at the time just was not sustainable for the time I needed to put into each of these clients. Cause it's not just talking to them for an hour on the phone. It's writing notes afterwards. It's answering their emails. It's answering their text messages, all of that, that we provided that as part of this bundle of services. So we went through a period where we really just didn't have any growth. We weren't losing a lot of clients or anything, but we weren't recruiting nearly as many as we needed to, to to keep the hockey stick kind of pattern. And the problem, the the bottleneck was just this time. So this went on and uh, up until this point, my partners have been very patient with kind of figuring this out, but I think by the end of the year um, they were just kind of tired of waiting we were, I was still working stuff out. I was still trying to figure out, I was still balancing at that time, like 35 clients a week. So it's just, it's kind of an impossible game. It's like, I need more time to dedicate to this. I can't spend all of my weekends and all of my free time and, you know, 24 hours a day on this. I need some time to like regroup, but at the same time, there is no other time in the week. I have five hours on Friday to do some admin work. And then that's it. Like, you know, that's, that was my whole time period where I could make improvements to the business. So end of the year, we are, we set up a meeting to do like this, like annual review kind of thing. And it just goes South very quickly. We just have kind of a, a, as close to coming to blows over zoom as you can get. It's not a pretty picture. I leave. My wife says that sounds like that was easily the worst meeting you've ever had. And she's lived with me for 15 years and heard because I've worked for home pretty much my whole life. So she's heard just about every meeting. She's like, that was a bad one. And, uh, Afterwards, I just felt completely deflated because I knew we built something special here. And what 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 they really wanted to do and the direction they wanted to take with some of these, I just knew wasn't the right direction for the business. Um And so that was really my my lowest point where I was like, honestly, going out and like looking for other opportunities and saying, you know, what if I just close the doors tomorrow and I say, I'm done, I'm going to go do something else. Um, So I'd say that's, that's definitely the the lowest point in my energy.
1: Yeah, that's a great story. You know, from a business perspective, we have access to capital. Sometimes we might get a loan or we might go for a loan and they get turned down. But when your primary investors who are people that, you know, personally and are counting on you kind of say, Hey, this isn't working. Uh, it can be a pretty big blow. And clearly, you know, that makes sense. It would be for you in that position. So tell me a little bit more about like how you went from like going to think about other jobs and another career maybe or whatever to getting back on track and and heading in a different direction.
0: So if I back up uh, a minute, I will say that they had every right to be concerned, right? Like we, we had just made an offer to bring on another employee that was gonna put a lot of capital pressure on us to inc- start growing the business at a more predictable rate again. Um, and they were funding it. So I have no hard feelings for them you know, wanting to push this. It was really at the end of the day, it came down to a philosophical difference of where we saw the business. So that point, that morning after the first day back from the holidays, when we were kicking this whole thing off, I had just made a agreement with myself that I was just going to kind of let it ride. I was just going to say, fine, this is the way you want to run it. We'll run it the way you want to run it. And let's see, maybe these guys, maybe this is like, they're totally right. And everything's going to turn around. And, you know, we're going to close 60 clients in the next month, which was like, one of the, the metrics was like this insane close number that we had never even come close to. And I was like, guys, like, you know, smart goals, right. Attainable. It's the whole thing. Like it has to be something I can actually reach. That seems crazy to me. We've never, we've never even come to, you know, 15 clients in a month at that point. So the, uh, that part of it was the, the, for next like three months, the kind of turning point where, you know, I, I think all of our perspective shift was when, when this new person joined us, he was with us for three months and he really, unfortunately ended up having three boss bosses because we were all in his ear. I think at some point I was in his ear the most cause I was working closest, but I think he was getting the impression from, um, either one or both of my partners that we had had some disagreements in approach and that they wanted him to follow their approach. And so it just caused all this chaos with this new employee, which I was like, guys, like don't screw this up. Like I'm trying to hit 60 clients. So, um, that, uh, kind of took us on a tilt world because that, uh, that person that we hired only ended up lasting about six weeks. And they said, he, they said, this is just too stressful with like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because every day I hear something different, a hundred percent our fault in management because that's not how you run an employee. Uh, but that's, that's what happened. It just was a, a natural outcropping of the situation. I think some of the tension between us after he left that next discussion, uh, was the one where they said, you know what? I think the philosophical differences are different between us. You want to run this business your way. You, we want to run it this way. You've already built this, just buy us out. We'll call it, you know, even and and move on. Um, and that to me was, was that was that I, I think that was honestly the happiest day. Like, I ran out of the office after they gave me that pitch. I'm like, they're letting me buy the business. Like they're letting me, they're letting me take it over. I can do whatever I want with it. Like they're letting me out free and clear. I was so, so happy that they were giving me that opportunity because at the end of the day, the only thing I wanted out of this business was to help people. And my whole concern was that we were going to have to shut this thing down and I wasn't going to be able to help all those people I'd built relationships with. So that moment when they told me it was just, you know obviously we negotiated and all the, the normal business stuff but in that moment i knew it was a done deal i was going to pay whatever they whatever we came to to get this business under my control so that was a huge high point and it's amazing how when your energy changes march ended up so they told me very beginning of march march ended up being our best month of all time in sales um so it was really amazing how like as soon as i knew that i was going to get to run this business the way i wanted to um and on my terms, uh immediately my motivation and energy just like went through the roof. And with that, just success follows. So it's just a natural outcropping of it. So that's uh that was kind of the the journey up until I bought the business.
1: Wow, that's a great journey. And congratulations on one, taking that moment and changing your perspective. I think it's an excellent case study in how sometimes our egos will get in the way. Of us seeing the the bigger picture, and so in this case, it wasn't a rejection of you. It wasn't something that some people would typically do and go, "Oh man, I I stink," or "I I'm not going to be able to keep going <laughs> in this business," or maybe maybe my method's wrong. Maybe they were right. You know, like people can get stuck d- down at that lower energy level, and it's totally justifiable, and they may question you know th- their value. But I love how you took that moment and were able to kind of take a different perspective and say, hey, there's an opportunity here. And then once you saw that opportunity, you're inwardly jumping up and down and going, wow, I can actually own and have control of the company here and do it the way I think will work best. And and then the energy level, as you said, shifted with that, and it carried over in the results of March being your better month. And I think that's a beautiful case study of how important it is for our energy to shift because- as you well know, you can stay stuck down there for a little bit, and the ego might want us to feel that way for a while. But we have to get out of that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think um, I've I've become a big uh, proponent of kind of manifesting uh, your, your your destiny because it really is um, the more positive energy I put into my life, the more time I spend thinking about success it just so follows the more successful I become and any anytime where I'm down on myself and thinking, man, nothing's going right. We lost this client or we lost that deal or that guy didn't close. Uh, it seems like all of a sudden a mysterious dry spell blows in from, you know, town and, and all of a sudden the phone stops ringing. And it's like, man, what's going on? So I think there really is something to say about um, the energy you put out in the world is, is returned uh, to you. So, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, I think the energy that I had at that moment of like, kind of considering, Hey, maybe they have a point really stemmed from the fact that they weren't just investors. They were marketers. So we were of the same class. Like we, we knew what we were trying to do. We knew how the game worked and they're, they're fantastic marketers. Like they own cute, two huge agencies. They, I, I would never say anything bad about them. They're brilliant in what they do. Um, it's just that we're, we have fundamental differences that we just couldn't, couldn't really align on well enough to make this thing as successful as it could be. So I think that's important. I think when you're, I, I really feel for the guys that take investor money and then they're held to a standard that they're talking with someone that might not necessarily understand what they do in their business. And they're just looking at the top line numbers and going, hey, you have to grow this thing even when you're sitting and saying like, we're still in R and D for like whatever product or whatever thing. So I think there's, um, that was the one saving grace that I was able to look at them and go like, all right, maybe they have a point. Maybe, maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Maybe I'm the one that's putting too much negative negative energy about this. Maybe if I follow this plan, this thing will let, you know, shoot straight to the moon. So, um, and it did like, there were improvements. There were certainly things that they gave me that, that improved. Um, But it was a, it was a, it was nice to give up that control temporarily, but it was even nicer to get all of it back.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Frank, being frank and being open about how that process worked for you, and and keeping that higher energy. And I, f- I really like your point about the, you know manifesting, in the sense that the energy you put out is what comes back to you, uh, and and more importantly, it, it happens not just individually, but collectively. So our company, if we're putting out that negative vibe, that's what we're going to experience. So those calls will dry up. Um, but if we're putting out that positive energy continually, then we tend to experience that more and more and it manifests. Yeah, great, great point. So how about like, that's, I love that story, but maybe there's some others you have that uh, working with a particular client or maybe employee or, you know, somebody you out, outsource with that, that had some sort of a similar situation.
0: So very early in my career, um how are again can i mention brand names on here sure or so. should, I, should i avoid it i mean they're not a client they were never a client actually but um just to show you the scale of the deal so very early on in my career one of my first businesses was running a production studio and like i said my whole target was like reaching businesses who were not yet on youtube are not yet producing video content online I had run into this guy who was a food service marketer, so he did a lot of, like, packaging and uh, direct mail and newspaper and print and that kind of stuff. I forget how we initially met, but I had a meeting with him. He's like, I really like the cut of your jib. Let's work together on something sometime. So it's just one of those meetings that you're like, all right, cool. We'll see what happens. Well, like, years later, like, five years later, he reaches out to me and he says, I got the perfect job for you. And it's, it's, you know, you're going to do great at it. And I was like, oh, cool! what is he's like, well, do you know who Aramark is? I was like, yeah, I've seen those vans outside of like restaurants and they do like restaurants. He's like, yeah, they do rugs and they do clothing and they do all this other stuff. Um, I'm working with them to do a a training series for their employees. And they need like something crazy, like, you know, 40 videos done or something like a, a big chunk of content. And I will mention that all the prices I give are like prices from 20 years ago. So like the, nothing's going to track scale wise, but, uh, so I, I, I jump on a call and we work out all the details and he's handling the clients. I don't even have to touch the client. All I have to do is put together this production and I'm about to leave for a 13 hour trip to drive to Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia to shoot two commercials for a Canadian college. And I need to give this guy, my partner, a go like I have everything ready all the assets in place like we are good to go on this deal and I call my um pseudo partner at the time and I say uh I got I got like you're you're gonna love this I got a huge deal and uh he's like really and up until this point we've been doing like thousand dollar gigs like you know wedding wedding and bar mitzvah work kind of thing I don't think we ever actually shot a wedding or bar mitzvah but that low level kind of like very small work and I was like, I, we, I got it. I got our big break. Like, this is it. And I said, we're going to shoot some training videos for Aramark for their carpet division. And they're going to pay us $40,000 to do it. And he goes, wow, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah, I was like, a lot of it's going to have to be spent on production because it's like the requirements are crazy. So I start breaking down the budget and I get to his line. And his line was something like 10 or 11 grand, right? one flat payment. He was going to be the director. He was just directing. That's all he was going to do was hold the camera and shoot the video. And, uh, he, uh, we were 22 at the time. So this is like 11 grand at 22, 20 years ago is like, I'll never have to work again. Like, it's like so much money. You don't, you can't even like comprehend it when you're, you know, uh, living off of uh rice and beans and that kind of thing. So I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking he is going to like, jump in his car, drive two hours to me and like give me a big kiss on the mouth for, for booking this deal. And he goes, that's not enough. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's not enough. He's like, I have to drive out from, he lived in Pennsylvania. He's like, I have to drive out from Pennsylvania and it's going to be like a week. So I'm going to have to drive back and forth and the, like, you're saying they're going to be like eight hour shoot days. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and how long? And I'm like, it's a 10 day shoot. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to pass. And I'm like, you're going to pass. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass. At this time we had done everything together. I didn't have a B team. I didn't have another guy I could call. Like he was the guy. And so I spend, he tells me I'm I'm literally an hour away for leaving on this 13 hour road trip to Nova Scotia. He tells me that's an hour before I'm going to be trapped in a car for 13 hours and not really able to focus on anything but the road. I'm, uh, so yeah, I'm calling everybody and no one will do it um, because either they want more money than 10 grand or they're not available that day, or they're telling me like, who wants to shoot for Aramark? They do rugs and like real, like, I'm like, I do, I, I have 40 grand on the line. Like I need this deal to come through. This is like the biggest, the biggest amount of money I've ever had to deal with. And uh, so I am just, I'm, I'm, I'm probably four hours away from Nova Scotia. If you've ever done that drive, it's barren wasteland. And that is exactly how I felt because I knew that in four hours, I was going to be sitting in a hotel room and I was going to need to call this guy and tell him that I couldn't do the gig because I had nothing. He needed an answer. He needed, he's a big company. He can't wait. And I'm driving in absolute silence through the wasteland of New Brunswick. And I get into the hotel and I check in. And I call him up and I say, can't do it. I don't have anybody to do it. And he goes, really? And I goes, yeah. I my my main guy, my partner, dropped out. And I can't find anyone else that's available uh, to do it. And I know you're on a tight timeline and I just I can't do it. So you're gonna have to find someone else. And he goes, well, I'm really sad to I'm really sad to hear that. I was really hoping we could work on this. And I just brush it off and it was like, you know, have a good trip. And this is now like, I forget what time it was. I had to, I hadn't slept, but it was morning. It was like 9 a.m. in the morning when I arrived in Nova Scotia. And so I have to, I'm meeting with the client at 12. And I just sat on the bed for like the next three hours feeling like absolute, like I should just give up. Like, what's the point? I have this perfect offer. It's perfect. And I can't even get a guy with a camera to show up like how am I ever going to like get out of doing these like two, $3,000 projects that I'm driving an entire country away to do if I can't get one guy to show up for 10 grand. And that moment was, it it killed that friendship. And I, it took probably 10 to 15 years before I even spoke to that guy again, because I was so like, I was so like, that's it. Like, I'm not, I'm not ever working with you again. Like how dare you kind of throw me under the bus like that. And uh, it took me years to build back the confidence that that chipped away. Um, but I remember specifically at the end of the shoot uh, that I was up there for, um, the person that had hired me looked at me and she said, I'm really excited to see what you do with all this. And like that moment made me think like, clearly, I'm in the right business. Clearly, I'm doing something right here because I just spent, you know, an entire weekend with this woman. And the one thing she can say before I leave is not like drive safe or anything. She's talking about how excited she is to see the content that we were going to put together, uh, for her. And so that gave me a little hope. And then over time, you know, we won some awards and we did some other stuff and it just got, you know, it got better and better and better. And, uh, but that that was a real low point. That took me down a few. That was not nearly the spring back as when I with the business. The business I only had to wait like two months. That took a long time to like rebuild the confidence to to even approach big brands like that and say, yeah, I can, hundred thousand dollar project. Yeah, sure, no problem. Like, it you, you don't just get like your first deal pulled out for money. You would immediately go in and be like, oh yeah, let's do that all over again.
1: Yeah, I love that story. That it's not just as instantaneous. Comebacks. It's the longer ones, and those are the ones that are most sweet because you've been dealing with it for so long, and then you come out the other side, despite all that long time, and and have come out to that other side.
0: It's it really is the like I look at my life now, and I I, I really I, I said this in a in a uh, announcement that we gave out to our clients. I really want for nothing. Like, could I make more money? Sure. Could I live in a nicer house? Sure. Could I drive a fancier car? Sure. But I don't need any of those things to be happy because what I'm doing now, the people I'm helping now, the mission I'm on right now is so unbelievably fulfilling that I can look at myself 10, 15 years ago and go, oh yeah, it was all worth it. All that hard work was worth it. Like, yeah, you're not making, you know, a trillion dollars a year or anything crazy, but like that work paid off in in ways that were so unfathomable to me that it's just like that i think that's the thing that people need to keep in perspective is like people forget what it's like to be broke and then they complain about like you know losing a big client and it's like there were days i couldn't imagine someone paying me a thousand dollars a month for any reason like so like keeping that in perspective can really like remind us how how that we do need to be grateful for the things we've we've earned and accomplished and been given
1: yeah uh, that humility leads to that gratitude, and that is probably the highest emotion and the highest energy level we can have—is that gratitude. So, thank you p- for bringing that up. That's a really good point. Well, um, I I love hearing all of this talk about you and the growth of the business on the personal side. But sometimes we always love to have an additional person to be a mentor, or you know, a little whisper in the ear of that special thing that needs to get us to that next space. So if you could meet anybody, deceased or living today, who would that be and why?
0: Orson Welles, because he's an incredible storyteller, and all marketing is storytelling. It's just in different formats. That's all it is. And the the genius of Orson Welles was not that he could tell a good story. It's that he could tell a captivating story. You look at his entire history, his entire everything he's ever done, It's all about captivating an audience. Even if you go and look at some of his work in doing Shakespeare, like that's where he came from. A lot of people don't realize that, but that's where that whole, the voice and everything comes from is that he was a a performer that did a lot of Shakespeare. And um, everything is about creating these moments that captivate people. And for that reason alone, he's at the top of my list.
1: Yeah, you know, and when I hear you say that, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you think about your background, you know, back to St. John's and and elsewhere, that that how do you captivate that audience? And you've clearly realized that that is so important on the marketing side and have been carrying that sort of theme through in your work um, and and using Orson's as a great, great example. So – yeah, it's amazing. So for our listeners and, and the audience here, if they wanted to get a hold of you and your firm, how can they do so?
0: So easiest way to find us online is uh, visiting our website. So it's uh, g-r-o-h-a-u-s.org. There you can find the uh, the coaching program that we offer our small business clients. We use the term small business very loosely. So we have everyone from people who are just starting their business today all the way to people who've been running businesses for decades. Um, it's really not not about uh, the the size of the business or the time you've been running it. It's really more about the mentality of hey, we need to bootstrap our marketing a bit before we go and hire an agency, or maybe we we know we have the resources internal. We don't need an agency. We just need the knowledge. Um, so if you're in that bucket, if you're if you're a small business owner and you're looking to improve those marketing fundamentals, that at the end of the day are going to A, make you more successful, and B, make you stop wasting money on marketing, Uh, look us up. We're happy. We give out uh, free coaching calls uh, for the first one. So if you just want some advice, pick my brain. You can book right online.
1: Awesome. That's wonderful, Drew. Well, Drew, I've enjoyed uh, our time today and what you have shared, and I'm sure our audience will as well. So thanks for being on the show and, and being a participant and opening up and sharing what you have.
0: Oh, happy to do it, Michael. Anytime. It was a real pleasure.
1: Hey, listeners and viewers, if you enjoyed the discussion and want more, you can learn how to raise the energy of your business at the SAB website or my own website, SipeCoaching.com, where you can find specialized programs and offers to help you grow yourself and your business. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.